Hey, this is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Living Redefined Podcast. This is a place where we discuss modern day topics and attack them with biblical truths. The goal that we have is just to make daily decisions based on morality and integrity. I want to help you move forward in your faith, and I hope that today helps you do that. Enjoy the message. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners? Welcome back to Do For One. We're in week four of a series that we started um, just to explain, kind of dive and go a little bit deeper about why we do for one to... Really, the whole challenge is do for one person what you wish you could do for everyone. And, you know, week one, we talked about the man on the mat and doing whatever it takes to get our friends to Jesus because we believe that he saved me. He forgave my sins. He changed my life. And he'll do the same for you. Get get whoever's on the mat for you to Jesus. Week two, we talked about the outsider and how we're to put our arms around them and love them and help them back to life. It's what Jesus does. We talked about preparing for people. That's what's been happening at uh, at the Grove where I'm the lead pastor. We constantly, uh, over the last six weeks, have been in construction and remodeling our building to make room for new people, to make room for year one. And then the inconvenient is what we talked about last week. It's the hard part of laying down everything to fish for people um, when you struggle with the inconvenience of what that means to you personally and, and kind of what we make it out to be. And so... If you miss those messages, I would love for you to go back and get them. They're on the podcast. And today we're talking about the reason that we do. The reason that we do for one. And you could say, well, because God said so, and that's special, and and the Great Commission is super important, but how do we make that personal? How do we make that personal to us? Have you ever wanted to get better? Have you ever wanted to be better than you are right now? You know, we said this phrase that I would teach high school kids I was coaching. It was GBE. Kind of an acronym. I operate in acronyms pretty well. GBE means get better every day. You're not going to stay the same. You're not going to be the same tomorrow as you are today. You're going to be better. You're going to be worse. And so then the goal is to be better, to be stronger, to be rooted deeper tomorrow. We want to be more of all those things tomorrow than we are today because everything that grows goes through change. It's, It's going to develop. And so then we value growth. I value growth in my personal life in our marriage, in our family life, in our kids, and how we're raising each of our kids. By the way, we just brought home number five this week, Rise Isaiah. Uh, excited to have him. He was the gift. Little bitty nugget, a five-pound guy, a five-pound, ten-ounce baby, and uh, just, a, just a gift. He's so special. And so so then what makes you better? What makes you better? When you go to identify this, so, well, I guess education or my, my master's degree, my doctorate, you know, I went to a trade school or I went to this university, right? Um, some of us just say, well, Google makes me better, man. I just, I'd love to get on Google and if I don't know it, I'll figure it out and I'll let you know. And so I think what's funny about the generations that are coming up behind us is they're af- so afraid to be wrong and they want you to think or know that, that they're right. And so they'll tell you or pretend to know long enough to look it up and then come back and kind of kill you with with google facts and so so then the real reason you get better is because you want to right you have to want to get better first and after you want to get better you figure out how to get better and the people with wisdom realize that you don't get better with google it's not something that you find on the internet and what makes you better is really people it's people it's iron sharpening iron it's community. It's being around like-minded people, right? The problem is what ruins better is also people. It's a struggle. And the difference is wanting better for yourself instead of being okay 
with not. It really comes down to the difference between living on offense and living on defense. When you live on offense, you have the ball and you're driving down the field. When you live on defense, you're trying, you're chasing a lot of ghosts and, and a lot of what ifs and well, they could do this and they could do that. And so you're trying to create and, and, and run the perfect play to stop whatever's coming at you. And it just doesn't work that way. You know, Proverbs 27:17 says, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. I love the amplified version of this scripture. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens and influences another through discussion. Through discussion. So then we all know that bad company corrupts good character. So it's who you choose to sharpen yourself with that really makes a difference and better. Right? And so then, at the start of this series, we identified three people that we knew were close to us but far from God. And if you haven't done that yet, you can do that now. It's super simple. Identify them. Begin to pray for them. You have a week. Invite them. And attend a church uh, in your neighborhood. If you don't know where to do that at, just email me, Dusty at DustyOtis.com. I'll help you find a church where you live. And if you live here in Fort Collins, I would love to have you attend the Grove, uh, which is just south on 287. And so which of which of the people that you identified needs you? They need your character. They need your relationship. They need something you have to be better. The other issue is this. There's relationship there. I know there is. It's, you know, you're not going to identify public or perfect strangers. And so then why would you pour into them? Why would you pour into them? Ah, oh, man, like there's a reason they're on your heart, right? And you're going to pour into them because Jesus wants to pour into them. You're going to love them because Jesus wants to love them, right? Why? Because Jesus loved you. Jesus poured into you. It's really the golden rule, right? Treat others as you want to be treated. Matthew 22, 37, 39 says it best. Love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as your so we're going to love others. There's a quote in talking about people. It says this, if you want one year of profit, grow a garden. If you want 10 years of wealth, grow trees. If you want 100 years of riches, grow people. And that's the Great Commission. It's making disciples. That's the cause of the church. We want to see growth. We value growth in people. Another one of my favorite quotes says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go with people. This is the first church. They were devoted to teaching and fellowship. They were like family. There was unity. Now, a little quick hit. Let's bump outside. 59% of our country is done with church. 65% of the city in which we live in is done with church. And that's because church, in my opinion, has become what it was not intended to be. It should be a community of faith, a body of believers that are living in relationship with God and each other, all becoming better followers of Jesus. What does it say? Growing in relationship with God and with people. That creates community, especially when it's rooted in honor, honesty, and hospitality, right? We're going to respect everyone. We're going to be honest. Nobody's perfect, right? And we're going to show biblical hospitality, which is just hidden love. We're just going to love everyone. We're going to love everyone always. And so the church is not about width. It's not really about how much we do. It's about depth. It's about how much we develop personally. How much does each person develop personally? It's what's in the Bible that needs to be in your heart so you can live in a real relationship with God. It's living out the truth. And I want to look at Acts 2, 42, uh, 44, and 47 real quick. This is the day of Pentecost. And, and one of the disciples, this is one of Jesus' greatest followers, Peter, he's preaching a sermon. And that sermon talks about the fellowship with the church. And what happens in fellowship is we get better. Iron sharpens iron. We get better. And so Peter tells us that the first church was an authentic group of people who wanted to learn every day. And so that we must take that posture. I'm just going to hit these three scriptures real quick, and then we're going to wrap 
uh, we're going to wrap up with uh, 1 John. So Acts 2, 42, 44, and 47 say this. And they devoted themselves to the, to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. Now all believers were together. They were together. They had all things in common. And verse, verse 47 says, They were praising God, having favor with all people. They're having favor with all people. And every day the Lord added to them those who were being saved. And the point then is this. To have fellowship, we must be together. You hear it. There must be unity. For fellowship to be real, there must be authenticity. So then we must be honest with each other, honest with ourselves. You know, First John 1, 7 and 8 says, But if we walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. So then if we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Fellowship is what happens when we get honest about who we are and what's happening in our lives. Otherwise, it's just fake. Otherwise, it's half-truth, a front we're putting on. And so then authentic fellowship requires courage and humility. It really does. It means facing fears of rejection or being hurt because of something or, or someone. And so what I want you to see is not just Acts, Acts 2.42, they were together. In 2.44, they were committed to each other. And what you need to see is there was unity there. Sharing is caring. You want to know how much somebody likes you? See how much they share with you, right? All right, that goes for you married couples too, if you're married and listen to this. And so we see in Acts 47 is growth. God added to their number. Why did they grow? It wasn't Google. It wasn't something that they looked up, something they found, something they researched, something they did, something they bought because, because of an ad. Right? There was authentic fellowship, community, and unity. They had real community. They were real people. And the reality is this. Real people want to be around real people. It gets contagious. It's just like success. Success breeds success. Authenticity breeds authenticity. So when you think about being part of a local church, you need to think that it's not about building an organization because anybody can lead and cast vision. The best church in the country, the best church in the world is going to be the church. It's just like the first church. Built open-handed through authentic fellowship, through authentic community, and real relationships. Because God made it really simple for us. He told us to love God with everything we have and love our neighbors ourselves. He says if you do all of these things, that, that everything will take care of itself. And so if you believe in what I'm sharing today, then you ask yourself, how are we going to do that? How am I going to do that? This series is key for that. It's due for one. Who do you know that's close to you but far from God? Get around them because you make them better. You make them better. We get better through you. And when you get better, we get better. When you get better, we get better. When I get better as a, as a husband, as a dad, my house gets better. And so when you get better, we get better. When you win, we win because we are together, because we're unified. And so here's how, here's how we do it. When you think of the church, you need to think of the church as an automobile. And you can pick the make, model, car, color, all that. But the reality is, is the motor of the car, the motor of the church is really the people. And the church can only go where the people take it. A car with no motor is not worth very much. I don't care how good it looks or how many times you polish it, you wax it. It's still just, just a shell, right? So how do we fix our motor? How do we hit on all cylinders as a body of believers? There must be unity. We have to have unity to have community. And to have community, we must have relationship. And that means relationship with God and relationship with people. 
And that means we rally together in the name of Jesus. So then we have to create community. And there has to be unity around what we do. And so what you see in Acts 2.42 is it proves and promises that authentic fellowship leads to friendship, which builds relationships, which creates community. And when all of that is centered in and around our relationship with God, the gates of hell will not prevail is what God says. And so then, as we close, I just want to say this. The people that you know who are on the mat for you, the people who are outsiders, the people who are causing an inconvenience for you when it comes to bringing them to church, think about them for just a second. What would it mean? And we'll never know this side of heaven, by the way, but what will it mean if that person finds God, accepts Jesus? What would it do? What would it do? Do you understand the significance that you hold and why God wants you? And they don't need to know everything that you know. You just need to be an example. You just need to be an example. What you need to see is we have and can have multiple agendas when it comes to the church, but the reality is, is our heart should always be to do for others what we wish we could do for everyone. Do for one what you would like to have done to you, right? It's the golden rule that's rooted in Matthew 22, 37, they're going to love God with everything you have and love people. And the unity that's around doing for one is what makes the impact. That's what makes the impact is we all believe in doing for one. And we believe that if we do for one and that person does for one, then what happens is lives are changed, sins are forgiven, and Jesus does what only Jesus can do. Who do you know that's close to you but far from God? Help them get better by bringing them to Jesus next Sunday, wherever you live, wherever you listen from. And if you need Jesus, I'm going to invite you to email me, Dusty, at DustyOtis.com. I would love to pray with you and answer any questions, maybe have a conversation, help you take your next steps in your faith. I sure appreciate you being here today. I hope you're looking forward to Easter. I hope you're anticipating something. I hope that you're expecting God to do something. Just know that He's not going to do it without you. He needs your support. He needs your help. He needs your hands. He needs your feet. He needs your voice. Go this week and be a, be a light. Be salt and be light in your community to the people you've identified, to the people you've been praying for, to the people you've invested in. And let's see God do something real special on Easter because we're a part of bringing them closer to Him. I appreciate you being here. Listen, as always, if you need anything, please let me know. Have a great week. Thank you so much for joining me today. A huge thanks to those of you who support our ministry. You make what we get to do in Michigan, Oklahoma, Texas, and Colorado possible with those weekly outreaches to our hospital heroes and public service men and women. It's a big deal to get to do that and to support the people who are caring for our communities. And so go ahead and click the link in the description to become a partner, or you can visit livefreetofine.com and click the giving link. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe or share it with a friend. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.